Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest sports columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. No, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where there's rubble enough. Cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say. Morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Today on the show, let's see what we're going to do here today. Uh, Chris Harrington straight up at 10 o'clock, the way uh, he always is. Let's we'll see. Uh, he's on the road over the weekend. We'll talk to Chris. Oh, but before then, Steve Conley. We're going to get joined. We're going to join by Steve Conley. Have you noticed the commotion across the hall, Jeffrey? Jeff, it's a, it's a day of memories, it appears, over an F-100. Day of celebration yes. and memories and, tra- you know, transition, Jeffrey, it seems to be. I think it's at noon. At noon. Noon is the email that I've seen. FM-100. Poof. Is no more. It's been real. Uh, as the wolf uh, moves into the uh, territory previously occupied. And so right now, they're having a special... Uh, Goodbye extravaganza to FM 100 uh, with uh, Ron Olson at the con. And, uh, and, uh, and so they're doing all that. So we just thought we'd, uh, to mark this day, we'd talk to Steve Conley. I think his last appearance on the show. It was a memorable one. Did he beat your ass? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, that's what I told you. I yeah. lost to the greatest to ever do it. Exactly right. So the last his last appearance on this show. Right in the night trivia, special spontaneous uh, juggernaut edition, and uh, emerged victorious. So we'll have Steve on, and then Chris Harrington. It was uh, we do have a uh, we do have a, a a lot to get to, but it, you know what? It felt mostly to me like it felt like a painful weekend, uh, Jeffrey. And I'd like you to rank. I'd like you to rank the uh, misery the, index. <laughs> the mis the misery index. Okay. First candidate would be Bernie, right? So Bernie is the mascot uh, for the Miami Heat. And during a uh, during a deal, a, a setup promotion with Conor, for, with involving Conor McGregor, who was courtside Friday, he took a couple of punches. Ha ha ha! <laughs> That's funny. That's and he ended up in the ER. That's a tough one. That one was brutal. That's a tough one, and uh, and uh, so that's that's candidate one. Okay. Candidate two, of course, is uh, comes to us from Canada, like so many good things, poutine, uh-huh. hockey. Uh-huh. Are we done? Mm, Molson. Okay. Labatt blue. Labatt's. Yeah. Labatt's. Um. We'll, we'll, uh, there's a bunch of comedians. That's true. Like some of the, some of the all-time greats. Some yeah. of the all-time greats, comedians. Yes. You know? Um, but anyway, it comes to this, this story comes to us from Canada. We're in the Canadian Open. They, uh, we had a, uh, Nick Taylor. Were you watching live at the time? I was watching live. Yes. Holy crap. It's the longest putt of his career. Longest putt. 72 feet. Correct. Eagle putt to win on Correct. the fourth hole. Fourth playoff hole. Yes. Fourth playoff hole, uh, and we were having to suffer through uh, suffer through storm coverage. Storm coverage, and I, what what irritated people about the storm coverage? 
I do understand that that in the end, when when injury and death threatening weather is out there, it, 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 people can be all irritated all they want. It it we we do need storm coverage. But the telltale is when no one else is showing storm coverage and you're showing storm coverage. It's tough. It may not be. I I do appreciate now, though, at least they make an effort to keep showing. Right. Uh, Yes, that's true. Keep showing the events. So uh, first Canadian to win the Canadian Open 69 years. So that's impressive. Great celebration there. Wonderful. In fact, such a celebration that Adam Hadwin, who, who of course, you're familiar with. Another We're all familiar with. Another uh, Canadian fellow, uh, finished 12th, honestly. He approaches his friend with a bottle of champagne, as one would, and gets absolutely drilled by the security guard. So that's the third candidate in our, in our, in our pain With rankings. the champagne bottle. Hold, yeah, with the, holding the champagne Correct. bottle. Did, did you ever scrutinize what happened with the champagne bottle? Uh, he he found like the cork and whatnot, and he wants to submit it to the Canadian Sports <laughs> Hall of Fame, which I think is I think is very Classic. fitting. Yes. Um, and then there's John Sterling, and uh, we actually have audio of this. Hor- just hor- listen. I you know how they do warnings for people before if this is you know particularly if you have if you have a weak stomach, if you don't, you know if you if if you if if you're going to be triggered by violence, I'm not sure you want to. Hear this. This is, uh, of course, famed Yankees broadcaster, John Sterling. Now the 3-2 swung on. A pop foul back here. Ow! 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 It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. (laughs) So once again, it'll be a 3-2. And Holmes ready to deal. A ground ball at the third. Donaldson squares, throws to first, in time. Ball game over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. You know, that foul ball actually hit me. It kind of glanced off my forehead. So I took one for the team. Okay, John. Um, my best driver of the game is Kyle Higashioka, who wants to know if you're all right. Are you okay? John? Yes. Okay, I, yes. I am okay. Just a glancing blow. Just a glancing blow. I have I have heard or I've watched that video probably half a dozen. I laugh every let, let, the owl is so hilarious. Let's, let, me, let me just let's, just, let's go up through the owls. Let's hear it one more time. This is just genius, genius comedy. And now the three two swung on a pop foul back here. Ow! hit me i didn't know it was coming back that far so once again okay that's good don't you give him credit do you think he swears does in life does the man swear does he because in that moment i think i mean i I was on live radio once when i discovered that my water heater was overflowing and i immediately like in that moment you know you're on the air and whatever but then in that moment you forget and you're just dealing with the frustration and i started cursing live here on 92.9 in, do you think he doesn't curse? Because it, when you're hitting the head with the damn baseball, doesn't John Sterling? Don't you say? I think he doesn't curse. John Sterling feels to me like the ultimate, like old school broadcaster, and just like it's just it never enters his vocabulary. <laughs> ow, ow. Uh, all right, so let me ask you this: it, just judge him by, and, and we'll do an honest ranking in, in terms of. If you were the victim of each of these, putting it, you don't get the money or anything yeah, else, yeah, just yeah. The, literally the the the, the pain that you're enduring experience, it's pretty clear, isn't it? Sterling is easily the least pain. Yes. Third. Third. And then Hadwin, Bernie's two. two and Bernie's one. Yes. Yeah. He went to the emergency he room. The, I mean, it just seems, like that seems pretty clear seems cut. Pretty clear and cut. he was the, like, okay, it's not like security guards on the other end of the Miami Heat mascot. It's Connor McGregor. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, now let me rank them by this. Hilarity? Oh, sure, hilarity. I mean, obviously, John Sterling. <laughs> the owl. The owl. And it's just the opposite. And, yeah. then the, and, then the, and then the golf, and then the... I don't know, the golf was... 
Yeah, yeah, golf, yeah, two. golf yeah, two. Yeah, two, yes. Yeah. And then, yes. Okay, let me ask you this. Personal complicity of the victim. Like, I don't mean to be, I'm, as you know, I'm not a victim blamer. Sure. But if we were just to this be, one time, if we were to be blaming the victims here and who was more responsible for their own demise, I think John, John Sterling was wholly responsible for his own demise. He's a baseball professional and he's watching the play. And he's watching the play. Correct. And he even acknowledges, I didn't think the ball was going to go that far. Yeah, he, uh, he just missed so the ball. So he took his eye off the ball, he, which is one. like literally rule number one <laughs> right. when watching pop ups. So I think it's 100% his own damn fault, right? Now, uh, the other two. Who's who's more to blame for their own demise? Hey, I'll make an argument. I'll make an argument that it's Bernie because it's freaking Conor McGregor. What do you correct. think was like, going to happen? Correct. On the it, other hand, it's a skit. You're not supposed to be hit that hard. Yes. I still think, though, you understand, like, I'm going into a skit with Conor McGregor. There's the possibility that Conor McGregor could, could, do, really? Conor, <laughs> could do Conor McGregor things. Like, again, to be clear, you and I are not blaming the victim. I think no, that, no, we would never. Correct. Just to be clear, we would never uh, blame the victim. The problem with the Adam Hadwin was one is, like, this isn't like oh, on the 18th green of regulation, Nick Taylor makes this putt. Uh, that makes everyone's going. It. They've been following him. Like, remember, he was getting media coverage. Like, all the Canadians right. are out there supporting Nick Taylor, the Canadian players, like the other guys that have played in the event. Like, you know who they are. Like the security. But I don't think security people know. I don't think I, I don't think you're average. The, the guy is just a well, at all he's a poutine eaten uh pro- you know, he's not even follow freaking well, golf. Well, first off, he wasn't wearing a Mountie suit. So I, I have to question <laughs> his credentials to start. Right. That's like fair. is he supposed to know every Canadian golfer? They had been literally like following them the whole time. I guess you could make the argument because they had changed out of they changed out of their, you know, their golf clothes, and they were in like street clothes. Clearly, they were getting ready to like hop on a plane together to go to the uh, to go to L.A. for the U.S. Open. But you should have known. Like it was very so obvious. You're blaming the security guy. Yes, I am. And also, I think the tackle's getting overrated. Now, Hadwin. Oh, Hadwin. He had his head had, on the wrong side, Jeff. Like he had clearly had his head on the wrong side. Hadwin's wife. I uh, did tweet that uh, that 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 her husband's okay, and that like uh, in true Canadian form, he was poly- apologetic to the security guard Correct. for being tackled. But that's <laughs> again, that's a Canadian doing what Canadians do. I'm blaming there the security you blame guard. The security guard. Yes. Okay, and I'm I'm sorry. Back to the so so in terms of personal complicity, you're going uh, John Ster- John Sterling one. Correct. Got to keep your eye on the ball. And then you're going Bernie too, because you had to know there was a chance. Correct. And then Hadwin was just trying to celebrate his friend. Correct. The security guard should have known. He's currently Correct. number three. Yes. Well, we hope you had a better weekend than uh, certainly than Bernie. <laughs> certainly than Bernie. I uh, did I do anything eventful? <laughs> I guess I guess the fact that I can't think of it suggests it did feel like a weirdly like slow weekend that I did not. Uh, but uh, went on a went on a, a bike ride Saturday morning and hung out my kids home. That's nice, and that's about it. Went, that's went on a bike ride and no one no busted one their face no open. No their face on. Okay. So that's good too. All right, uh, we do have a couple. We do have a couple uh, local sports stories that we have to get to here in this first segment. A first, very local sports story. Are we finally going to see? Uh, is this the week of the John Morant uh, punishment, discipline, re- the, re- the, the reveal? We're going to call it the reveal. Is this the week of the reveal? And tonight's a big night because Denver can finish off Miami. And, uh, and t- tonight they certainly looked impressive Friday as they went up 3-1. to one. Right now, both of these plucky underdog teams from Florida, the Panthers in the Stanley Cups, Finals and the uh, and and the Heat uh, are down three to one, facing Game Fives uh, on the road. On the road, I saw some. I was driving around. Some national show was asking me which team, which Florida team had a better chance of winning. They're asking a Florida columnist this, and the Florida columnist forgot who it was. Said the Panthers, and that is the correct answer. And it, par- partly, 
It's the correct answer because it's freaking hockey. Hockey can flip quickly, It's just quickly, hockey. Yeah. It's just random. A goalie can steal a game, right? Sure. And a goalie can steal a game even more than Jimmy Butler can steal a game. Maybe if you were talking about, um, you know, if you were talking about Kevin Durant or something like that, if, there, if, that, if that, there was that kind of player who could go off and maybe steal a game. But goalies steal games routinely in hockey. The lesser team wins routinely in hockey. So I don't mean come back and win the series. Right. I just mean in terms of winning is, game five. I don't, I don't rule out the possibility that he could win tonight, do you? No. But it's, what is it, nine and a half? Yes. They're going to they're gonna have to do what they did the game that they won. They're going to have to shoot nearly like 50% from three. Right. And so, um, so, all right. So let's just go ahead and presume that Denver wins tonight. All right. Okay. We're going to try to get in the little bald-headed head of Adam Silver. It's a, not little. He's a funny-looking dude, isn't he? Yeah, I would say that's not a little head. That's a long— it's, If you're going yeah, to look, like, look like that, it's good to be a powerful. Yes. You know? Yes. And uh, I, I wouldn't—just like I wouldn't victim-shame, by the way. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't shame someone because of their, their skinny okay. little bald head. He's fabulously rich. He is fabulously rich and powerful. So, um, so— Ends tonight. There's no parade tomorrow, is there? The parade is... So I'm always curious, if you win at home, does that mean you just roll it into tomorrow? And just have the parade? Yeah. I, mean, I, think, pre- I think there's preparations. Okay. So Wednesday feels probably... Likely, it seems yeah. to me. The parade on Wednesday. And, um, and then, how about the internal... How about the logic of... Combining all everything, all the stuff that's happened. Wait for the series to end. All that stuff with the tried and true cliche. We all know it's a real thing. Friday news dump. Okay, so how about a Friday after? Still a Friday around twelve thirty our time. Uh, Woj uh, breaks the news, and then there's an official release two minutes later, saying this is the deal. So. I think logically that makes the most sense. My only hesitation on saying I think that, you know, unquestionably that's what they're going to do. I am convinced that the I'm convinced that part of this like waiting period and Silver continuously talking about it, I'm convinced that's part of the punishment. <laughs> like, hey, you embarrassed me. Yeah, but you don't here's a do you want to go into draft week is my question. Do you want to go into, like, this would be a perfect Friday night, Friday, you dump it. People talk about whatever they're talking about this weekend. What's going on? U.S. Open this weekend, right? And Father's, Father's Day. Day. Father's Day, Lots U.S. Open, all that stuff. Lots of stuff to get buried. And then you get, and then you come back and it's draft week and they're talking about whatever just happened in the U.S. Open. And, and so I think it's a perfect page turning moment. So, but basically, though, you don't think it's happening before Friday because you like the torture theory, and and I'm still not convinced that like they 100 percent want to news dump this. Okay, well, you you pick your day. Tell me your day. If you could pick one day on the if there's a square, you get to pick one. I day. mean, I think you have to pick Friday just because it's if I get the first pick, you pick on Friday, right? Now Friday's gone. What day are you picking? Monday. Monday. Yeah, because that way you don't run. That way you can you avoid running into the draft, but I still think I still am convinced there's no other like there's no other explanation to me that makes sense for why Adam Silver has handled it the way that he has, other than this is part of the punishment. I, 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 you and I respectfully disagree there, but it doesn't really matter. The the I mean, I, to me the explanation is he really didn't want to. To announce it right when he announced it before the series. And then why has he talked about it so much? Because people keep asking him about it. Correct, but there's a way to... There's a no, way he, to, He's mishandled it, but you, I don't think he's... But I don't think you mishandle it five times. Eh, I don't even know if he would consider it mishandling it. He just, like, I answer questions. That's what I do. I answer questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he, be that as it may, I, uh, <laughs> I sure as hell hope that by this time next... You think there's a chance by this time next week it will not have been decided or revealed? I think there's a chance. I, do, I would not say— Because your next day, if I take Friday, you're taking Monday. Correct. I suppose Thursday's a possibility, too. I think Thursday— Seems thurs- unlikely Thursday that would be the next Heat day. win tonight, they announce tomorrow. Possible! Again, I still don't think they'll do it before the parade. 
Which is dumb. Parade in their city. Correct. Right. Um, I, I, by the way, I don't think it is. And the, the, the idea that you would hold off on this because the parade is stupid to me. No one gives a damn about a parade. It's a freaking parade. You yeah, know, the only people that care are the people that are at the parade. In the city, whatever, those people care. But everybody else moves on. I, to me, the parade should not. I, I think a lot not. of the handling this like it's not even the, the parade isn't even like telecast. If you're, if, you're, if you're not doing it because games, you don't want to distract from games, the games are on every night, whatever. No one's carrying the parade, except local, you know, whatever, they'll carry the parade. Maybe NBA TV, just because they got to have so, something, yeah. Yeah. I honestly hope it's just tomorrow. I hope he just drops it tomorrow. Anyway, we'll see about that. And then, of course, the other local story. Uh, whew. Um, and uh, we'll just see. We'll, I'll give you my thoughts on it. All right. So uh, the Big Twelve stuff. So what day was it that that uh, that uh, AD dot com? What's it called? Uh, was it Coach's AD or yeah, the the AD site? Um, broke the college news. AD maybe college AD broke the news that um. The Big 12 commissioner had been in Memphis on a site visit with others, um, and um, and that was the news. And we talked about that for um, much of the week last week. Tim Buckley from the Daily Memphian, I think, was the first to get the comment from the mayor, which seemed curious at at the very least that he quote unquote. It's not just that he wasn't at the visit that he didn't know of a site visit. That's how it was phrased. Didn't know of a site visit. So that might have made you go, hmm, that's kind of weird. And then we had a Friday on Gabe's show. Uh, Dennis Dodd was on. And Dennis Dodd said, yeah, the reason I didn't report about it was that I, it didn't happen. And you're like, well, well that's uh, plot thickens here. And then... Not long there, not long after, Pete Thamel had a quote from the commissioner saying that he uh, had never been on the Memphis campus, didn't hadn't been on the Memphis campus, and didn't come on a site visit. Right? Yeah, and was it also hadn't met with Memphis? So now you're like, what in God's name is going on here? Um. Just spoke to Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark about the multiple reports that the Big 12 has met with Memphis. Quote, I've never met with anyone at Memphis about adding them to the Big 12, nor have I been on campus. Okay, there you go. And that seems pretty damn definitive, right? There's a little wiggle room, but that that feels, you know. That seems, it's, it's, it, is a, it is a strong denial. Correct. Of something. <laughs> so there you go. Um, so there you go. So what are the options here? Oh, oh, and then on top of it, Tim Buckley gets back in, in touch with the, the guy from College AD who wrote that story, and they say we stand by our story. Correct. They're not, they're not saying, yeah, we didn't just throw that out there to stick. We're, we're, uh, Brett Yormark can say all he wants. We're standing by our story. So there's a couple, couple options here. One is uh, nothing happened. No, literally nothing happened. It was all just imagined, conjured uh, out of the mists and rumors and all of that, and literally nothing happened, and College AD was just flat wrong. Right? That's one option. Yes. Um, there are other options. It's funny. I was, I was listening to... to to Greg Gaston talk about this. And he his option was someone came, but it wasn't because he actually, after all of this happened, like like all of us, people actually who who talk to people in this town, he explored it and he believed something happened, but that it may not involve the commissioner. That was his that was his way of squaring what the hell is happening here? This is weird. Right. Another another theory in terms of what the hell is happening here is that is that it involves Fred Smith. Yes. And that um, I've never met with anyone at Memphis 
about adding them to the Big 12, nor have I been on campus. So if, for example, Fred sends a plane, picks up your mark, yep. flies him to wherever, headquarters, whatever else it is, um, and, uh, and meets with Fred, and Fred outlines everything that he can do to help uh, the conference yep. if things go well for Memphis— in that circumstance, would he have met with anyone at Memphis? No. Fred's not at Memphis. Correct. That means Memphis, at Memphis means a Memphis official. Right. Nor have I been on campus. Correct. Also, would the denial would perfectly well fit, wouldn't it? Yes. One of the things I like about this theory is that the last time Memphis went uh, – hunting for the Big 12, you'll recall how incredibly public it was incredible. It's funny. FedEx's involvement was public. Yeah, yeah. FedEx's involvement was public, and people were ridiculing. And they can't, you can't buy your way in. And, like, FedEx was just getting pummeled. And then when Memphis didn't even get on the list of, you know, way the down the list. yeah. Then people were like, nah, 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 nah. Yep. FedEx, 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 nah, 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 nah. and so if FedEx involved, they're damn well not publicizing it, yes. and they're not, and they're making sure that the people around them aren't publicizing it. Yeah, it is funny how it works. I just got another. I just got a text from someone who said, uh, "What's the deal with uh, blah 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 blah?" Oh, someone else says he was there on Liberty, uh, Liberty Bowl. On I mean, the- also the Liberty Bowl is not on campus. And the Liberty Bowl is not on campus. Yep. So here's the truth. I think they're just parsing words. I do too. I think it's been clever, I clever think, uh, 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 language. Uh, 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 people can be as definitive as they were if I wanted to be Friday night. And I think something happened. And something is continuing to happen. I, again, I, we will never know. Literally, even if Memphis gets into the Big 12 someday... And we say, hey, what did happen that weird week? No one's ever going to. We will never know. There is never a way to know one way or another. Um, and by the way, they, for reasons having to do with none of, none of this, they're a long shot to get into the Big 12. Yes. And I think that's also why it's been this. And so it, it doesn't. But I simply don't believe that nothing happened. I agree with you. It's easy to it's yeah I, I don't believe well what's your theory do you have any do you, which of these theories do my you? the closest thing you know I do I do we think we nailed every detail but your scenario number two is is the theory that I'm buying in on and again I don't know any of that correct to be I, I'm not like, like I'm not like I'm saying do I think that, that that's exactly how it goes you know every single detail no but like I think something in that realm is how it happened. Yes, I do believe there were discussions of some type. There was some unveiling, and it wouldn't be at all, and it would make a lot of sense, let's just put it that way, uh, if, if it involved Fred Smith, um, who, who um, you know, we, we, we know he's deeply involved with – we know he's involved with the Liberty Bowl because he's involved with the USFL team. Correct. And he has always cared about Memphis. And so um, it was a weird. It was a weird story. It's also weird how freaking emphatic they were about dismissing it. No, right? I mean, I I talked to you on Friday after the air, and I'm sitting there going like, I think you said, why are they lying? So I like, why, whatever they, why are they, why are this, this aggressive? Right. About like, like it made, but it it honestly who cares? Though, yeah. It made me go, well, damn. Maybe this Something's is happening. Uh, maybe right. this is a little more real than I heard you quoting Shakespeare on this. Yes, on this topic. Lady Duff Friday. protests too much. Protests too much. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Well, um, I, I did say some. I saw someone said, "Thanks, media. There goes Memphis's chances." What's well, the stupidest thing in the world? First of all, um, let's pretend it was option one that okay. that College AD was one hundred percent wrong. The whole sure. thing was just n- not. If all of this were complete fabrication out of nothing. It would do nothing to hurt Memphis's chances. The fact that the that college AD got something wrong, right? Would, like, the, 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 no, they're not like, well, you know, 
There's a media outlet that isn't even in Memphis that Correct. reported this, and so therefore, even though it makes sense for us to add Memphis, we're not going to out of spite. That's <laughs> stupid. Like literally nothing about that is it makes any sense at all. So um, I I think we are where we were, which is Memphis needs the Pac-12 to get a robust TV deal to keep, or at least an equal, like a, a, the type a of TV decent, deal that doesn't a, motivate a TV anyone deal to win. Yes, that keeps people hanging in there. Yes, and then if that happens, I think Memphis's chances are pretty damn good, right? I'm still a little iffy on that because I think they're going to need someone else to go in with them, and I think it would be helpful if that other someone we're, we're a power we're five a power team. five team because that could allow you to renegotiate the TV deal. Yeah. I, I'll say this. I would find it very – I find it highly unlikely that the Big 12 adds one team and it's Memphis. So that's what we uh, – to, to say that that's what we know uh, would be to wildly overstate our level of confidence in any of that, but that is our analysis of the situation. We're going to come back talk to Steve Connolly here in a moment. It's, uh, it's the last – we're down to two and a half hours left for FM 100 – and so we'll uh, get Steve to help us uh, say farewell. And, uh, and then Chris Harrington's going to join us. And we got plenty more after that. It's Father's Day Friday, by the way. And um, fathers like to spend time with you. Fathers like to eat. I think those things are indisputably true. So let's skip the, uh, let's skip over. Let's, as we look at the Sunday brunch menu, let's skip the wild mushroom Spanish omelet, okay? Should we just go ahead and skip that? Let's skip the daylily soup and bounty salad. I think we'll be skipping that one. Let's go, let's, let's skip the seasonal fruit bowl, uh, even the warm hummus. Let's go right to the bounty fries. Uh, let's go right to the port belly Benedict. Um, that's crisp polenta cake, poached eggs, hollandaise. Uh, let's go to the fried oyster omelet with white cheddar, salsa verde, creme fraiche. Say that again, Jeffrey. How do you say that? Let's go to the cream fraiche. There you go. Let's go to the steak and eggs. Let's go to the. I mean, maybe if your father's trying to keep his cholesterol down, he can get the salmon Oscar. But it's 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 called salmon, but it's got lump crabs involved. Hollandaise. Okay, never mind about the cholesterol. How is involved? And by all means, father's going to want a bounty bloody mary. You don't need to wait for Father's Day. You go for dinner sometime this week. Just a stunningly beautiful restaurant, a renovated old building. Um, but it's bright and airy inside. It's got an incredibly fun vibe. Any night's great, but uh, Father's Day for brunch would be spectacular. Give them a call, 410-8131, 410-8131-2519, Broad Avenue. It is the Jeff Gawker Show. Steve Conley coming up next, 92.9 FM ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Coming up at 11 a.m., it's the Jason and John Show. Weekdays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. Need help finding the perfect engagement ring? Hi, I'm Jay Gaddis from James Gaddis Jewelers. Memphians have trusted my family to help them celebrate life's most important events for over 60 years. We continue that tradition with our knowledgeable staff and the largest array of diamonds and mountings to fit any budget and every style. From custom designs to our carefully hand-selected collections, we have the most beautiful jewelry that's sure to win their heart. Located at 4900 Poplar Avenue near the corner of Hall in East Memphis, James Gaddis Jewelers, your Memphis family jeweler. Hey, Mary, is that a new phone? Yeah, just upgraded at T-Mobile. Their new Go 5G Plus plan gives me the same great phone deals as new customers. I am so jealous. AT&T's got me locked into a three-year device contract, and my phone is locked to their network, too. Ooh, that's a long time. Three years. That's like the length of two and a half relationships. It's time to ditch AT&T. Bring your locked phone, and T-Mobile will pay it off, and they'll give you a new 5G phone for free. Boom! You hear that, AT&T? That won't work. Introducing the Easy Unlock. Bring your AT&T locked phone. 
Trade it in, and T-Mobile will pay it off up to 650 bucks and give you one of the latest 5G smartphones free. Plus, next time, you're ready for an upgrade a whole year earlier. Free your phone now at T-Mobile. Pay off via virtual prepaid MasterCard in 15 days. Free phone via 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified, plus tax and device connection charge. Contact us before canceling to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement is due. Ctmobile.com. Life is full of ifs. If you see potential in every day, if you push for that promotion, and even bigger ifs like if you say, I do. If you can cash flow like a pro and get paid up to two days early, if you can safeguard against surprises and supercharge your savings, the if in life becomes less iffy. Regions Life Banking makes it possible. If you're interested, let's talk about the if in life. Regions Bank embrace the if in life. Regents Bank, member FDIC. Are you looking for homeowner's insurance, auto insurance, life insurance, business insurance? If so, this is Gary Parrish reminding you to get in touch with Elizabeth Rook Insurance. That's Elizabeth Rook Insurance, a second-generation local agency that's been owned and operated since 1981. It is the home of the Erie Rate Lock. What's the Erie Rate Lock? It's a way to lock in your auto rates indefinitely. So please get in touch with Elizabeth Rook Insurance, 867-SAVE, 867-7283 on the web rookinsurance.com. We're talking with Justin Wynn, the GM of Red River Ford Toyota in Wynn. Good morning, Justin. Hey, Dennis. It's good to be here. I'm glad to be on Memphis Radio. I tell you, we've got a lot of good things going on. For the last couple years, you've seen dealers battle the shortage of new car inventory. You've seen prices on new cars going up. Well, those days are coming to end. We've been able to build a supply of new car inventory sitting here on the lot, so you're actually able to come by, look at vehicles, drive vehicles, push the button, smell that new car smell. I've got plenty of new Toyotas sitting here in stock. I've got new Ford sitting here in stock. I have access to over 700 quality pre-owned vehicles. So if you don't see something that's going to fit your needs and wants, please let us know. More than likely, we have that at one of our other locations. I'll deliver it straight to your driveway, just like I will with any vehicle purchase. There's no need to cross the river and come over, but you do need to give us a call. 870-238-7770. And of course, we're always open at RedRiverFordToyota.com. Lowe's knows the best deals for dad. That's why this Father's Day, you can shop our best gifts from the brands he loves, like Craftsman for less. Right now, get a V20 drill or impact driver kit for just $69. And save $50 on a V20 string trimmer and blower combo kit, now only $99. Shop Father's Day deals today, in-store and online. Lowe's knows dads. Lowe's knows home improvement. Valve through 614 while supplies last. Selection varies by location. Lowe's knows the best deals for dad. That's why this Father's Day, you can shop our best gifts from the brands he loves for less. Help dad power his next big project by getting him a Cobalt 24-volt max drill kit, now only $89. And save up to 40% on select tools and accessories. Shop Father's Day deals today, in-store and online. Lowe's knows dads. Lowe's knows home improvement. Valve through 614 while supplies last. Selection varies by location. Hey, guys. This is Kenan Thompson. I have a problem with you. Yes, you. None of y'all told me that Auto Trader has millions of new and used cars that I can shop from home. I thought we were friends. I put smiles on your face, but I'm not smiling. No one told me that with Auto Trader, a dealer can deliver cars to my home or that I could shop by price on Auto Trader. No one. Consider this friendship that you just learned we had officially over. Finally, it's easy. Auto Trader. <clears throat> Mom? Dad? Sis? Here we go again. Why are you in a suit? Picture, if you will, a world with the best network imaginable. I'm talking about the Xfinity 10G network. Go on. Mom, remember how your reality shows wouldn't load with all of us online? Now you can binge. And Susie, we'll have fast internet in the basement. Nice. If you have any questions, here's my card. This is just your name on a gum wrapper. Introducing the 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Now through June 21st, new customers can get 200 megabit per second internet on the next generation Xfinity 10G network for just $25 a month for two years. Plus, there's no annual contract required and you get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com slash 10G, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply. Actual speeds vary. 
Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. behind my heart in the city whose streets I grew up. Disaster Strike Service Master by Cornerstone. Folks to call. The guy... I guess I wasn't surprised when they were recently named Service Masters Franchise of the Year. Uh, that means they are the number one Service Master Restore franchise in the United States. So if you've got wind damage, if you've got whatever kind of storm damage, if you've got pipes that are exploding, Service Master by Cornerstone are the folks to call. They're locally owned, locally operated. They've got a uh, 24-hour phone line. Just call 901-RESPOND, 901-RESPOND, when disaster strikes. And rest assured, their team will, in fact, respond. It is Service Master by Cornerstone, number one in the country, 901 Respond. Joined now by Steve Conley. Steve Conley joins us. Legend here in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, we thought, listen, they're having a party across the, across the way here as they're saying goodbye to FM 100 and hello to the wolf as it occupies that piece of real estate. I think the flip happens at noon so, as a longtime uh, part of this whole deal, um, yep. and the heyday, how 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 do you feel about it? Um, a little bit bittersweet. I mean, you know, I haven't been on the air since 2006 on that radio station. Right. Although, when I was let go and CBS sold us to Intercom, uh, the guys that made that decision to cut me loose, um, they all got fired in the next two years, and so I was rehired <laughs> by Intercom. <laughs> to come back and do a classic hit station on The Wolf, which eventually became The Wolf, which is interesting. How, um, by the way, is, it, is that satisfying when people who fire you get, not get fired? Like, uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, as a matter of fact, the program director at the time, I was doing a remote for 94.1 KQK, the classic hit station, at the uh, dealership up on Covington Pike, and a guy comes walking across the parking lot, his name was Lance, and he was selling cars at that point, and I was doing the remote. So, <laughs> unbelievable! <laughs> it was a, yeah, it was a little bit of Talk, yeah. Talking to Steve Connolly. It all comes around. He's talking to Steve Connolly. Uh, you know, it's funny you yeah. played Walking in Memphis, and the the history, the impact of this radio station. Go, unlike most stations, I mean, stations slip all the time, and nobody gives a damn. Right. But a radio station like this, for some reason, really resonates. And it's interesting. I've gotten calls from all over the country. The guys I work with are just guys in radio period who just go, you know, wow, I can't believe it would be like suddenly people getting up. Oh, 92.9 is going classical. They're going to start playing classical music. I mean, it was that kind of a shock, really, when found out they're going to be going country. But this radio station had a lot of impact. We were the first station. I was the first person to ever play Walking in Memphis on the radio. All right. Tell Um, that story. How did how did that come to pass? It was just before the holidays. I was programming the radio station, and our music director came in and said, there's a compilation disc that one of the uh, trade magazines came out with, and on the very last cut was a song called Walking in Memphis by a name Mark Cohen. It was spelled wrong, even. It was a mistake by Atlantic Records. I, we listened in the, in the room and went, yeah, that's a pretty good song. So I got on the air about 11 o'clock. I said, Mark, go and get that song. Let's play it. Walking in Memphis, and then the other guy calls me and says, "Man, that sounds great. Let's play it again." So we we double played it the first time it was ever on Memphis or any radio, and nobody had a copy of it because we're going into the holidays, and so RBR could not get a copy of it. So we owned that song for four or five months before they officially released it. And every week, I, I don't get understand a call. that. That seems so freaking random. Like, is that what? Like, don't aren't aren't record companies incredibly deliberate in the way they release things and to just have it on the last of a compilation that you happen to land in your life. Is that, it was is just that one typical? of those goofy things where yeah. an intern gave them, they had to fill up the space on the disc. And so they said, well, take this song by Mark Cohen, throw it on there and we won't release it till April, but this is in December. And, uh, so, you know, that's just... That's just amazing. Um, yeah. it is, I, I, I will say I was really struck when the news came out that this is what was happening um, and I honestly, like for me, I, I didn't, I wasn't here in the, you know, in the absolute heyday, but when I moved here, it was, it was you and Ron and Karen like that. Well, you know, that, and that, that was, that was a big part of people's lives. And, but it, it isn't, it really did strike me how much this resonated with people. Some things can go away 
and they just go away. Even when Poncho's went away, uh, where it was like, <laughs> that's fine. But Poncho's yeah. has never really been like, uh, there was some like, but this really touched something. I think it did. And we were a part of so many people's lives, whether you listen a lot or not. Um, uh, you know, when uh, 9-11, for instance, uh, I was out in California, but those guys were on the air. When, um, gosh, you know, whether it was uh, uh, doing crazy stunts or raising money for charities or whatever it might have been. And uh, events like when Paul McCartney came to town, suddenly we were the only station covering this event. And uh, in the midst of that, we did a promotion where it was the largest single radio promotion in two hours in probably the nation. We gave away 5,000 Paul McCartney tickets in two hours. Holy crap. People, How did you do it? It was $160,000 worth of tickets. We what, gave away a two. What year was this, and how did you do it? 1993, he was doing the Liberty Bowl, okay. and he wanted to paper the house and uh, concert terms that's put people in seats right. because Carl Perkins, his buddy, was coming. So I was the only guy with a wireless two-way radio back to the station and um uh, and i interviewed paul sat down with paul and and got to talk to him for gosh 20 minutes or so but in the meantime just before that carl perkins was coming into town he wanted to impress paul he didn't want empty seats and so they just papered the house with 5,000 tickets oh that we gave away in two how hours. did you give them away did you just we, yeah. we went out to hickory ridge mall and bundled them in little those little envelopes and packets of four and uh, Jim Holt was then the uh, guy who was running Mid-South Concerts. They were uh, co-promoting with them. And uh, Holt and I came up with this idea. And so we went out to Hickory Ridge Mall and gave away 5,000 tickets for Paul. Unbelievable. All right. So yeah. if uh, uh, top three. And just one example. Top you know. three celebrities you've ever, uh, you've, ever, you've ever interviewed. Well, Paul's number one, I suppose. Um, when we did a, we did a, uh, and I'm talking about, how this radio station involved yeah. itself in the community. Officer Overton was a policeman who died in the line of duty with a wife that's eight months pregnant. It struck us. And Channel 5, WMC in 1960 Union, was a powerhouse. It was a, it was a powerhouse of media. Right. And they, they owned TV. We did really well on radio. We were probably pulling out over 35% of the media dollars out of Memphis, just that building alone. It was huge. So when Overton died, we decided... Uh, Let's do a fundraiser. We started that next morning with one little phone ringing, a little light blinking. And when it was all over, and we, of course, worked with Channel 5, we raised uh, $310,000 in about 24 hours for the officer and his family, I should say. And it was, you know, that kind of thing. And that just spread like wildfire. So in the midst of that, Oprah calls. In the midst of that, the vice president at the time, Gore calls. <laughs> Oprah and Gore called? For the same in the same twelve hours, yes, it just spread like a wildfire. About, and it was just about Officer Overton, and and Oprah gave us ten thousand dollars out of her angel network. Um, you know, it was that kind of thing. It went well beyond doing the Fourth of July fireworks every year for about twenty something years. Oh WMC did the Star Spangled Celebration. We would have the biggest gathering in Memphis. It went way beyond. Um, it went way beyond Memphis and May. It was great and all that. We've had 100,000 people down on the river, literally 100,000, watching the fireworks. Or New Year's Eve. We would have no telling how many thousands of people. We did a New Year's Eve broadcast. I did it with Dave Brown and Denise Dubois, myself, for at least 15 years, first at Overton Square, then on Beale Street. And, um, you know, it was those kinds of events that went beyond just being a radio station yeah. playing today's best mix, you know. Talking to Steve Conley, uh, of course, uh, radio legend here in Memphis. I, I, like me, you you didn't grow up here. You're you're from Milwaukee originally. Is that not yeah. right? How did what, what was the what was the what was the first gig? What brought you here? Um, it was a guy named William B. Tanner. I don't know if you know that name, but Bill Tanner he was had billboards too, right? Didn't he? Have, yeah, 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 billboards. He was a scoundrel. He was a. <laughs> <laughs> a true, a broadcast scoundrel. Okay. Every deal you made with Bill, you better have really good ink on that contract because it's gonna, it's gonna uh, right. go away. What were you doing so in anyway, Milwaukee at the time? What were you doing? I was well. I was actually up in the Green Bay, Appalachian okay. area. Yeah. And uh, I was work. I was programming the station there. I thought, well, I'm gonna get out of that, get in production. A guy had sent a tape to Tanner, so I end up down here. And I worked uh, part time at WHBQ with Rick Dees. And when Dees left HBQ. AM station playing tunes. It's yeah. a sinking ship. It's going down fast. And so I just 
grabbed a lifeboat and I called the guy at 100 and I said, do you have an opening? And then I worked there for about a year and a half. I took a leave of absence, went to Africa. <laughs> you went and to Africa? I went to Ethiopia, Madagascar, and Kenya. And I was in the... Just, knocking, just knocking around? Well, no, it was a friend of mine. I was a photographer. I was taking pictures with him. How long and, was this uh, trip? Uh, about three or four months. And right. we were we yeah. had just left Kenya, went to Addis Ababa, and I'm sitting there. It's 1230 at night. I get a call at the hotel desk. We just had a big party with the models we used in the shoot. And the guy says, uh, you got a call at the desk. And I thought somebody died. And it was, uh, I picked up the phone. I went, hello? Uh, yeah, Steve, yes, this is Gary. Gary who? <laughs> he goes, <laughs> Guthrie, who was the program director at 100 at the time. It's Gary. How you doing? Why are you calling me in Ethiopia? And he said, our midday guy just resigned. He's going to Baltimore. Can you do the midday show? Said, yeah, okay. And Don Myers, who was an illustrious general manager. I don't know if you ever met or got to um, know him, but he was, he was the force that really helped FM100 become a, a heritage and uh, a legitimate um, legacy radio station in Memphis. He was amazing. But, uh, so he just called you, and you did you fly back? You caught the first plane well, out of Ethiopia? I, I said, yeah, give me a couple of weeks. I got to, I got to wrap it up in Kenya here, and uh, so I came back and started. As a matter of fact, I just had a birthday on June seventh. The guy who was doing that spot, ironically enough, was born on the exact same day I was. So, so weird. How did and, you, and you know, how did you end up with Ron and Karen? Uh, in 1994. To be honest, it wasn't working really well with the then morning show of Ron and, and Kelly. And, uh, and so I, in a staff meeting, said, heads meeting, I said, well, maybe I could do the morning show with him. And so uh, they all went, yeah, 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 let's do it. So that's a life-changing sentence. When you say that, you're setting your alarm at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and you're going, oh, my God, how long is this going to go? And it just tired me, aren't tired. And I was programming the station then as well. And so finally, I got out of the programming and just did the morning show with Ron. And, but, uh, and how do you look at, as a kid who grew up in the Midwest and ended up here um, and carved out the legacy that you have here, how do you look at that move, the, 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 you know, the decision to come to Memphis and really make your life and career in Memphis? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like you, I think. Uh, it, you just kind of go with the flow and the next decision and uh, you know, whether you're uh, in a position to become program director and then do a morning show with Ron and that starts getting some footing and you can tell that it's really making a, a de or, you know, people are listening and, yeah. and, uh, and you can see in the ratings and at one point our ratings were just, you know, going huge. And, um, I, you know, I just like the people in Memphis. I lived in Los Angeles for about a year. Didn't, didn't like it at all. It's just, it's, uh, the people and, and all, I think, really it's what makes Memphis. And I was into the music as well, and that music heritage here in this town kind of kept me. But And then I met a lady in Arkansas, and, you know, that was that. Connolly's yeah. Queries. Connolly's Queries. Is that what, that's what primed you to be able to crush Jeffrey so <laughs> emphatically when you were last on our airwaves? I would have been embarrassed that I lost your trivia contest. <laughs> How often did you do Connolly's Queries? Every day, just afternoon, titillating. As a matter of fact, I still got the bell. I used to call it my query bell. Hang on. And <laughs> titillating, tantalizing facts for you to relish, remember, and repeat. And I would do just oddball random facts. Sometimes they had a category. For instance, uh, today, animal queries, always a favorite with query lovers everywhere. Uh, <laughs> the number is five hundred, uh, 325. The answer is how many squirts does it take for a cow to give up a gallon of milk? Uh, you know, that kind of That's stuff. beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, well, it is, I, and, and yet all things come and all things go, and away we go. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. a, you know, life changes. You know, and, yeah. I, I, I jotted down just some of the stuff, and I got to tell you the story. If you had, I don't, you yeah, had a minute? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay. Um, back in 1982, I'd been on the air about six months, and the general manager busted about 11 o'clock, and he said, uh, the FBI, police, and CBS television is here. There's a guy down at St. Jude who's holding people hostage, and they, he wants to do some kind of a diatribe, a manifesto, and air it on a radio station. So they selected us, and so they're coming in here in a moment and get ready to record this guy when he calls. And so it's, it's in the New York Times. I just pulled it up the other day just to make sure I had my stuff right. So this guy, it was, he was a, a 
patient had a little boy who died. He was upset with the doctors and nurses. So he walked in with a gun and he held him hostage for, I think it was almost 24 hours. And so um, they wouldn't air it on TV. They wouldn't put it in a newspaper. And so they went to the radio. And so the FBI guys come in and say, don't set this guy off. He's going to call in a minute. He's going to read his thing and just air it. Don't say anything, you know. So in the meantime, I'm playing songs, and he says, don't, you know, don't play anything. Make him crazy. And I swear to God, we had a box, a card file. We picked from the front to put to the back. The first song that comes up is Hit Me With Your Best Shot by Pat Benatar. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't play that. <laughs> I didn't play that. But anyway, the guy called and did the manifesto, and that night, um, uh, Dan Rather's doing the news and there's my face because it was a small control room. All the, you know, the photographer only showed my face and the tape, tape reels going around. Wow. Uh, but you know, that alone, I was buried live for 36 hours. Um, you know, I got to <laughs> fly and you were, wait, you were buried flight. alive for 36 hours. I was hours? buried alive at Hickory Ridge mall. That's the scene of a lot of good things we did <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> they had, they have planters there. Under and we, what? Under under dirt. Under six feet of dirt. It was just as. What was the ass. point exactly? Well, it was to bury drugs and stuff and that kind of thing, oh, you know. I see. And it was actually just okay. a radio stunt. Right. But this guy would go market to market, and he would bury just jockeys alive, and no food, no water for thirty six wow. hours. Yeah, and it was uh, a bad decision because I'm not claustrophobic, <laughs> but I went out of my mind, and I told Ron it was supposed to be 48. I said, get me the hell out of this. I'm going, I'm, I'm, like, clawing. I'm clawing in this casket, which the casket was, one, he pitched it down, so my head's down, lower than you my feet. You literally were in this damn thing for 36 yes, hours? Yeah, it was an air tube. No water, no food, no nothing, and... A promotion director at the time who was not very good, and, and hardly anybody even knew what's going on, <laughs> or relatively. Wait, your head wasn't sticking out. You were just literally buried alive under that. You were in a coffin, one uh, of those big wood, old, you know, turn of the century coffins. Which I said, "How big's the coffin?" He said, "Oh, it's six three. Well, on the outside and the inside, it's like five eight. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm six one. I'm crunched That's up in this. Bad idea. Damn. Did you? Well, how are you communicating? Uh, we had radio down there and telephone, actually, they had installed, and, and, and then an air, air tube for my air. And, uh, and, you know, when people come up and talk to you, you could look down the tube and you could see, well, the engineer was not only a smoker, but had the worst breath in the history of breath. And it right in my face, and it was... Uh, what a disaster. Uh, oh, yeah, remind me never to say yes to that one. No, that was uh, that was crazy. Well, we, we could we could we could talk to you up until they go off the air at noon. But uh, I, I know <laughs> I you have things to do, Steve. You're awfully yeah. gracious to join us. Thanks, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's uh, a bit of an end of an era, but uh, it was a good run. Yeah, thanks, Steve. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. That's some amazing stuff there. Like it, it, it. So I definitely I don't. I, that, I assume the buried alive predates me, or at least predates me. But I definitely remember the the officer Overton. Um, another one of Steve's all time greats was five thousand uh, Paul McCartney tickets. Steve on April chatting with Paul McCartney uh -huh. on April Fool's Day. Uh, they would dust out. He'd go down into the basement, uh, wink, wink, and dust off uh, polyester one hundred, where they'd play like nothing but disco hits. And watching people go insane about that was always an all time great for me. Um, oh. just anything in the mornings. I won FM 100's first caller of the day when I was in like second you grade. Won? Oh yeah. What did you get for that? You remember? I was mean, some, do you was, have to line up and you start calling in advance or what do you have to, what do you have to do? You would have to basically, so they would hit the airwaves at 545 uh -huh. and then, you know, you'd have to be ready. I'd set my alarm for like 540 because you'd have, like, they would hey. announce like we need the first caller of the day. And so you, you wanted to be there. I got an FM 100 t-shirt, XL. I've never been a big kid. I was never a big kid, even in second grade. FM 100 t-shirt. I got a bop it out of it. Um, that was a, a classic, like, 90s toy. Uh, it was good stuff. All right. Uh, life goes on, I guess. There's a season. There is. Every, yeah. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, there's a season to sell your house, and that would be right now. Go ahead and sell your house right now, and during the summer, like uh, you can move and be all set up by uh, by the time by the time the kids go back to school. If you're selling your house, I would advise calling Josh Heisa. I was talking to a, a woman named Teresa. She was a little worried. She's like, "What in the you know?" 
Uh, interest rates are still high. They're not going up anymore. That's the good news. They've, the Fed has stopped raising interest rates, but they're still high. And you're like, what's going to happen if I put my house on the market and it doesn't sell? Well, within three days of having it on, uh, her house on the market, it was under contract. And she just absolutely raves about Josh Hysaw. But here's the thing. If it doesn't sell within 45 days, he'll either step in and make the mortgage payments or he will buy the house himself. So you have the comfort, the peace of mind knowing that your house will sell. You will be able to upsize, downsize, move wherever you wanted to move. It's Josh Hysaw. Check him out on Google. If you look at the, up on Google, more than 285-star Google reviews. Just got to call them at 461-8147. That's 461-8147. Or check them out.